Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Awesome. So without further ado, let's get the woman of God up to come and preach the word. Come on, let's give it up for Joe Reed. Let me pray for you, Joe. Raise your hands out. Let's pray for this woman of God. Father, we pray for Joe, Lord, as she delivers your word that you would bless her with tongues of fire to change lives this morning where you get all the glory. Equip her, set her alight, Lord. Let her rip in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, Joe. Thank you. Ah, oh, it's good to be here. So good to be here and, uh, you know, send all of our guys from Laos send their love. I know quite a few of them. Um, I've been over here before, whether it's been leading worship at a Rock Chicks thing or coming over with me. And they all send their love and uh, praying that, you know, you guys are doing great. And you obviously are. And I got a quick message from uh, Kate this morning and uh, saying hi. And uh, so... They're, they're doing fine, obviously. And, uh, but I just want to really commend you guys because the spirit inside this place is just incredible. And uh, it really shows great leadership, but it also shows great discipleship. And uh, you know, I just really want to encourage you that I, I don't, you know, you, you don't have to wait for your pastors to come back for breakthrough. Um, I really believe it's now. I really believe there's a now word, and uh, I want to just come and talk to you. You're doing the whole, while the pastor is away, I can say anything, and uh, you know, it's a real honor that that Kate and Ali trust me with that, but uh, I want to turn us to 1 Corinthians and chapter 3, so if you've got your Bibles with you or your phones with a Bible on it, why not turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going to start reading from verse 3 down to verse 16. And I just really feel I've got a word in season for you guys with this. And it says this. This is the Apostle Paul talking. My job was to plant the seed. And Apollos was called to water it. Any growth comes from God. So the ones who water and plant have nothing to brag about. God who causes the growth is the only one who matters. The one who plants is no greater than the one who waters. Both will be rewarded on their work. We are gardeners and field workers laboring with God. You are the vineyard, the garden, the house where God dwells. Like a skilled architect and master builder, I laid the foundation based upon God's grace given to me. Now others will come along to build on the foundation. Each serves in a different way and is to build upon it with great care. There is in fact only one foundation and no one can lay any foundation other than Jesus, the anointed one. As others build on the foundation, whether with gold, silver, gemstones, wood, hay, or straw, the quality of each person's work will be revealed in time as it is tested by fire. If a man's work stands the test of fire, he will be rewarded. If a man's work is consumed by the fire, his reward will be lost, but he will be spared and rescued from it. Don't you understand that together you form the temple to the living God and his spirit lives among you. 
What great. I could, I could just stop there and leave you all to think about that and come up with your own sermon on it, okay, and your own kind of thoughts on it. But I really want to just bring something out. And the, this morning, I've, I've just entitled it that we're going to grow in how we sow. And this morning, I want to bring a word to you all about sowing and about reaping, about building, because I don't believe that you're meant to tread water until your leaders come back. In fact, what I believe is that they need to come back to a place that has grown, that has developed, that has moved forward, that is thriving. And one of the ways you can tell a church that is thriving is in, is in how people sow into the life of that church. It's so important that we learn to sow really well. I believe that this season is going to take you to a more powerful place, a place where you're more energized and where more things are possible because of what God does in you in these next few months. It's not a time to tread water, and you're obviously not doing that anyway, okay? It's not a time to wait until Kate and Ali get back. It's actually a time for you to grow while they're not here. And there's a real sign of discipleship in a church when the leaders can be away and the church grow, not not just numerically and, and stuff like that, but the church grow in who you are as a person. Because it's the house of God where the Spirit of God dwells. And so I want to talk to us this morning about planting seed so that that seed can grow and develop into something that God wants it to be. Because the, this, is, this is the reality, everything you plant is going to grow. Whatever you plant, the good stuff and unfortunately the not so good stuff, whatever we plant is going to grow. It's a, it's a human kind of thing and it's also a spiritual lesson that we need to learn. Whatever we sow, we are going to reap. Every seed that we plant in God will bear fruit. And we have to realize that we live with the fruit of the seed that we plant. We live with the growth of the seed that we plant. And so we need to learn as Christians and as fellow believers in Christ to plant well if we want to grow well. Plant well, grow well. Don't plant well, don't grow well. it's something, it's part of, the, part of what happens in the human race. It's part of what happens in nature, and it's part of what happens in the nature of God. You plant well, you grow well. You don't plant well, you don't grow well. Do you know what? There are seasons where what has been planted needs uprooting, but I actually believe right now that there are seasons of what's been planted, and it's a season to plant again and to water what's already been planted to see something good grow out of it. Who loves this house? I don't even come here and I love this house. This is a great house. This is a great church with, with great people in it. But I want to say to you this morning that as you look back over the life of this house, do you realize that you are living on the bedrock of the seeds that have been planted in faith previously? So, so some of you will have been around. I remember Kate and Ali um, when they first were planting the rock. I've known Kate a couple of decades, and uh, we're really great mates. Starbucks makes a lot of money from us, and uh, you know, and so we we can sit for hours in a Starbucks with fruit toast and coffee, and uh, just talk about absolutely anything. And I want to. I can remember when they were first planting this. You see, what you have today is the result of someone else sowing yesterday. All the things you love about your church today it has come from the seed that has been sown over the years since Kate and Ali decided to plant the Rock Church in Nottingham. 
In fact, it even goes before that because they were here before they planted the rock church. That what you stand on today is the sowing of previous generations. And I want to really bring the challenge to you today. What are you going to sow in this season so that in five years' time, in ten years' time, someone can stand and say, actually, you have today because of what was sown in the previous season. You see, we can't always just be looking at today. We've got to be looking at what we are going to reap from what we're sowing sowing right now. And we sow with our time, we sow with our energy, we sow with our resource, with our finance. And I really want to say to you today, what we're willing to sow today will bring us the church of our dreams tomorrow. Those things that you are praying about right now, actually, most of the resource that you need for what God is going to do in you will come from in this room. I've been leading in church for 30 years, and what I've learned is this, that most of the resource that we have comes from within the room that we stand in, comes from within the church that we stand in. None of this is in my notes, but there we go. We're going with it. Because I want to say to you this morning, actually, are you willing to sow so some of the dreams that you have as a church can be realized? That's what we do. We sow so that actually God, God could open heaven and rain down every single bit of resource you need. But this is what God chooses to do. He chooses to take people like me and you and work with us. And part of that working with us is getting us to the point where we're willing to sow into what he wants us to do. And our joy is not just in our part of what grows, but it's in the whole growth itself. As we see, you know, I don't have to be an evangelist to get really excited about what this guy was talking about, okay? And it might not have been me out on the streets of West Bridgeford, but I'm like, I am linking in with that. I am going to rejoice in that. It may not be my part of what is growing, but I'm going to rejoice in the whole thing that is growing because God is doing something. So what happens then when we decide to plant again, when we decide to sow again? What I would love to see um, is, you know, is Kate and Ali come back to, to the seed that has been planted is bigger than the seed that was planted before they left. And so we're going to go with that this morning. So what happens when we decide to sow again, whether that be our time and, and you know, resource our teams, whether that be our finances and tithe, our tithes and, and all of that, what happens when we decide to sow again? I've got three points for us this morning, so you know when I'm about to come into land, okay? First point is this, that when we decide to sow again, there is fruit in our personal walk with Jesus, So let's go straight for the personal. There is fruit in our personal walk with Jesus when we decide to sow again. Verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 3 said this, I laid a foundation based upon God's grace given to me. God has graced every single one of you in this room with something, whether that be resource, whether that be talent, whether that be energy, whatever it is, God has resourced every single one of you. He has graced you with something. And what he is wanting to see is you begin to sow into the life of your church with what God has already graced you with. The Apostle Paul planted seeds of faith everywhere he went. And it was based on God's grace given to him. So if if God's grace given to you is, I'm really good at doing evangelism, then see this guy afterwards and say, I want to go on the the course, on the evangelism course, and I want to do that. If, If the grace on you is serving, 
tea, coffee, car parking, whatever it is, you know the people to see about that. But I want to say to us today that all of us have a grace on us to sow something into the life of the church that we are in. And when we plant there, there is a grace that comes on us as we plant that we can't get in any other way. As we plant our finances, there is a grace that comes on us that we don't get any other way than giving to God first. When we give, there is fruit in our personal walk with Jesus, in how we view him, in how we serve him, and also in how we have faith for the future that we have in him. It all comes as we sow into our walk with God. But I want to say this and and get rid of a myth really, our sowing, our giving doesn't make God love us more. It doesn't. And our withholding does not make God love us less. Not one little bit. His love is constant, but get this, our growth is not. His love is constant, whether we are giving or whether we are withholding, but our growth is not. And we find that when we sow everything we have into our life with God, we grow. We grow in our faith. We grow in the, in the things of God. We grow in our love for God. We grow in the things that we do for Him. Our growth isn't constant. Our growth in who He is actually often comes out of a time when we sow into everything He has called us to do. We become more confident, we become stronger, we become closer and faith-filled as we step out and sow into our faith in times when it makes no sense to do so. I can remember being, I was at a youth camp in 2001. I'm going to share a little bit more of my story tonight. 2001 was not a good year for me. And uh, I was stood in, in, um, in a youth camp and uh, just in this really faith-energized room. And they were doing the offering. And, uh, and I was kind of stood there. I was absolutely brassic. I was, I'd just paid to go on the youth camp before the days when churches paid for their youth pastors to go on youth camp. Um, I'd just paid to go on this youth camp. My holiday was taking 30-odd kids away by myself and uh, I didn't have any youth leaders hardly. I had to beg, borrow, and steal them from other youth groups, okay? And then when my boys were being naughty, I had to get one of the other scary male youth leaders because there wasn't a male youth leader in, in our church at the time, and he had to go and tell them off for me, okay? And uh, apart from the fact that I wasn't allowed into the boys' room, and that's where they all ran when they knew they were in trouble because I couldn't run after them. And so I was stood in this youth camp, and, uh, and it, was, it was brilliant, and, and we were, you know, we were being challenged on to give and, and all of that, and and then um, Glyn Barrett got up. He was leading the youth camp. And he said, I want to challenge youth leaders. And I was like, no. no God, no. You're not. And uh, stood in. And, uh, and they asked for a specific um, amount to be given. And I knew the Holy Spirit was talking to me. I had zero money in my bank account. And uh, I just bought a new house, gone out on my own, and it was just like, it was, it was a bad year. And, uh, and so I said, I said to God, if you, if you want me to sow, I'll sow. And I have to be honest with you, I, I knew that God was asking me, but God, like, it was never one of those words from heaven where I just knew I had to, but, uh, but everything in me said, Joe, you can never outgive God, so go for it. And so I wrote the check in days when checks were still taken in church. I wrote the check. There was no envelopes in those days, okay, and QR codes had not been invented. So I kind of, you know, shakingly wrote the check and I, I put the check in. I didn't even know if it had bounced. That, that's like where my finances was. And, uh, 
And so I went on my way, and a couple of weeks later, a friend of mine came to me and, uh, and said, oh, we're going to Australia next year. Do you want to come? And I just laughed at her. I was like, yeah, right. She's like, no, I really believe that it should be you come. So I, 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 said, I, I said, well, I've no money, so I, you know, I can say yes, but I might not. And uh, she was like, okay. And so we, decided, we, we started to pray. And, and actually, from what I sowed in faith in that youth camp, from that came the answer to kind of a real dream of mine. And I got to go to Australia. And God provided every single penny that I needed. He provided every single thing that I needed. And, and do you know what? God is, God, you can never outgive him. You can never sow more than he can give back to you. But your personal walk with God is going to change when you begin to sow into the house in the way that God asks us to do so. Our prayer life takes on a whole new level as we begin to declare the word of God over what we sow, whether financial or in other ways. You know what? Faith will lie dormant where seed is rarely sown. You want to build your faith? Begin to sow. You want to build your faith in God, begin to sow into the things of God. And as you do that, the dormant faith, that faith that might have been sleeping for a very long time will begin to wake up. Begin to wake up in your life. And all of a sudden, you'll begin to have faith for more and more. We're doing a series at at the moment in our church called Small Faith, Big God. When we bring our mustard seed faith... The bigness of God comes and does something with that, that first of all is going to affect our personal walk with God. You want your walk with God to get exciting? Begin to sow. Begin to sow in every way, in in your time, in your talent, in your treasure. I know Kate and Ali have brought that before, but begin to sow in all of those ways and your faith will be developed. Faith lies dormant where seed is rarely sown. But when we begin to sow, we awaken our reliance on God as we release our seed to him. It's time to release the seed that you've got. And your personal walk with God will grow. Secondly, when we sow, the fruit of belonging grows as we sow into God's house. Have you ever been sat in church thinking, don't, don't know if I belong. Maybe you don't have this issue. I know people have sat in churches all up and down this country and thought that at some time, you know what, when we sow into the house of God, we realize that we belong. When we sow with, with our gifts, with our, with our time, with our energy, we all of a sudden feel that we belong. It changes from being somewhere we go to somewhere where we belong. The thing that changes that is as we get involved, as we sow our seed, as we honor those other people. I love what you guys have done this morning in honoring. I love that culture in a church. As we do that, as we, as we bring honor to one another, as we sow our seed, we feel like we belong. Roots grow when seed is planted. You don't plant a seed, no roots are going to grow. I am a rubbish gardener. Absolutely. Like you don't plant things in my garden because they go to their death when you do that. Okay, this is Joe. I brought my friend Joe with me today and uh, there's a plant in my office that Joe has had to bring back to life that apparently was very hard to kill, but I managed to nearly do that. Okay, so I am no gardener. I am not good with plants at all, but I know this, that to get roots in the ground, you've got to plant something first. They're not just going to spring up from nowhere. And to get roots in in the house of God, you've got to plant your seed into that place. 
Roots will not develop where seed is not planted. It's time to plant again. Do you know what? Wherever I have been planted, wherever I have been put in the locations that I've lived, I have sown financially into those locations. Why? Number one, the Bible tells me to. I'm going to sow. I'm going to sow with what I have. I'm going to sow with my gifts, with my talents, with my time, with my energy, because the Bible tells me to do that. But the second reason is this, that that place becomes my spiritual home. And you know what? I I won't always give to a house, but I'll give to my home. If you need your bathroom doing, you go and get it done because that's in your house. But when it's in my home, I'll sow into that. And I think we've got to get a little bit personal where it comes to the house of God sometimes. It's not just a house that we go to. It's a home that we kick our shoes off in. We put our feet up and we do life with. And so when we sow our seed, the fruit of belonging begins to grow. Verse 9 in 1 Corinthians 3 says this, You are the vineyard, the garden, the house or the home where God dwells. And when we're here, it's not only us that begin to dwell, but the Bible says that God does. As you begin to praise like you've done this morning, the Bible says this, that when we praise, that God dwells in our praise. This is what that means, that God makes his home in our praise. And so as we come and as we give our praise, as we sow our seed of praise, and maybe you're in here this morning and that seed is hard to sow because maybe you're going through stuff in life. As you sow the seed of praise, God becomes, but God comes and he begins to dwell to make his house where you are. As you begin to worship and praise as a church like that, God begins to dwell The Holy Spirit begins to dwell and hover and begins to fill the places where you are. As we begin to sow our seed of praise, our seed of worship, we belong to what we partner with. And so when we sow into the house of God, we become a vital part of it. And I was just thinking this this week as we... As I come to bring this message that in the end, God doesn't call us to join a church. He calls us to be the church. You're not here because you've joined a club. You're here because God says that we are the church. We are the hope of the world, Rick Rick Warren states in his book. We are are to be the hope of the world. You are to be the hope of Ed Walton of West Bridgeford. We're not called to just join a church. We're called to be it. We're called to become it. And we only become it when we sow into it. So we're going to grow as we sow this morning. And then thirdly, as we sow, and this is the bit that gets me really excited. As we sow, there is a fruit as the gospel is proclaimed. When you have a church that is united, that is sowing, that is giving into everything God wants to do, when you begin to proclaim the gospel, things will begin to happen. We'll hear stories like we've been hearing this morning as you begin to proclaim the gospel. When we join in community with others, there is an effectiveness in the gospel that you don't get on your own. God hasn't called us to do this life on our own. He's not called us to do this life by ourselves. I've heard so many people say, oh, I I don't need the church right now. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, it's going to be me and Jesus. You know what? God never, ever said that. Right at the beginning when he created Adam and Adam could walk with God. This is what God said. It's not good for you, Adam, to be on your own. 
So I'm going to create Eve and she's going to walk with you. And then, and then we're going to create family and, and children are going to come into it. We're going to create communities because it's not good for you to be on your own. None of us are called to walk alone. None of us. We're called to be in community. And when we're in community and the gospel is proclaimed, things begin to happen. And a house that places a high emphasis on salvation and discipleship, on compassion and on truth, and on the fruits as well as the gifts of the Spirit is a place where communities are impacted and lives are healed. And that is exactly what is grown here. Verse 16 says this, Don't you understand that together... You form a temple to the living God, and His Spirit lives among you. When we're together, we're a force to be reckoned with. When we're together, God can do things in, as you see, your sacrifice, your generosity, your love, your compassion, your passion, your faith, your time, your dedication, your faithfulness, your belief in this house and its leaders is what will bear fruit Fruit that God will be proud of and fruit that he will bless. But this morning we've got to decide we're going to sow. We've got to decide again to sow again. It's time to look again at our giving. It's time to look again at what we're doing in the house of God, at our sowing and take our responsibility for the home that we belong to. I've led in our church for the last 26 years. And I know seasons that are great is seasons when the whole church takes responsibility for the house. I've had seasons in my life where I've kind of done everything I can as a leader and and we seem to be hitting a brick wall. Why is that? Because people are not sewing. Because it's all of our responsibility, which is why I say to you that, that just because Kate and Ali aren't here doesn't mean that we just kind of maintain. These guys are not going to maintain a church. They don't have it in them to maintain a church. All they have it in them to do, and I was on a Zoom call with some of them the other week, all they have it in them to do is to grow this place. But you know what? You can only grow somewhere as big as everyone is willing to sow into it. And so today, I want to really just bring the challenge that it's time to sow again. It's time to come back to God and say, God, what parts of of me am I not sowing right now? What parts of me am am I not sowing enough of right now? God, will you come and show me? It might be your time. It might be the stuff that you are good at. It might be your finances. But whatever it is, if you are willing to sow it, your relationship with God will grow. If you are willing to sow it, you will feel that this place is home. It's not a house. It's not a club. I tell our guys quite often, you know, I I was part of a gym once. I think I went three times in one year. My husband has said I'm never allowed to join a gym again because it costs us way too much money. But but about a year ago, I was... uh, dealt with some health stuff and uh, was given some medication by the doctor. And the doctor said this to me, this was about three years ago. um, If you don't lose weight, we're going to take the medication off you. I was like, I didn't want to live without the medication. So it it did what it said on the packet. It wasn't a serious health issue, but it it was not helping me. And uh, and so I waited for two years. 
And we had COVID in that time. So I chose that COVID was the excuse that I was going to use. And then COVID kind of, we came out of that a bit. And, and so last year I joined Slimming World. And I was not looking forward to it. I was, a, a, I was skeptically desperate, um, is the way I kind of said. And I went with my friend. And in week one, my friend lost eight pounds. I lost half a pound. I wanted to punch my friend. And uh, about three weeks later, she stopped coming. And what I've realized in, in something like Slimming World, I do have a spiritual point, I promise. There are, there are a few different types of people. There are those people that go, they sign up, they get the book that tells them how to do it. And then they decide that they don't want to come every week. So they go and they go, we've got the book, we'll just carry on. And my friend did that. And I think she put on weight rather than lost it. And then there are those that kind of come along and uh, they've got the book, they know what it says, but they just can't do it. They're just like, they like cake way too much. And I was terrified I was going to be one of those people and because um, I do like cake way too much. Um, so they kind of half-heartedly do it and they, they kind of go on a bit of a rocky journey. And then there are those absolute nutters like me that go, okay, I have to do this. And, uh, and so they go every week and they are angry if they've put on weight and they do a dance of joy if they've lost a bit and, uh, and they become part of the community. I now have a second church in Louth. It's called Slimming World. And I sit in a room with people who don't know Jesus and I sat, they changed our times and, um, and we, ha we went to a new group, me and two other women um, who went to my original group. We didn't really know each other then. And we decided that every Thursday night after Slimming World, we were going to go to the pub for a Diet Coke because that's all that we're allowed to drink. And uh, so every Thursday night I go and I sit with these two women and uh, they're both going to get involved. We're doing a thing called Warm Spaces and they both want to get involved in our Warm Spaces project at church. One of the ladies that I was with, um, there was a girl that came to our church every so often. She's from Cambridge. And, uh, and she comes, I get on great with her, her name's Emily, and she's just incredible. And um, the other week she was up in our church and I was preaching, I mentioned Slimming World, and, uh, and all of a sudden she, she jumped forward after I preached and she was jumping up and down going, you know my mum. I'm like, I haven't got a clue your mum is, you live in Cambridge. You know my mum. She says, you're Joe the minister. And my mum sits in a pub with you every single Thursday after Slimming World has finished, I've been praying for two years that my mum would meet a Christian who could kind of tell her about God. It's just incredible what begins to happen when you choose to sow, when you choose to become part of something, part of a community, part of the thing that God has got for you. When you choose to sow again, the things that God can do is amazing. The lady I was talking about has just accepted an invitation to our church. Not till Christmas, but it means that we've got a few months to pray and uh, a few months to kind of, you know, come on God. Because when we choose to sow, when we choose to be part of the community and make this a home, not a house, what God can do is infinitely more than we can ask, think, or even imagine according to His power at work within us. I wanna pray for you this morning. And if you're in here going, do you know what? I'm going to go again. In the next two months, 
I'm going to reevaluate my sowing and I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to come and talk to me about what I'm going to sow, how I'm going to sow, how that's going to work. I want you to stand to your feet because I want to pray for you that God will just come and talk to you about this. Whether it's in your time, your talent, your treasure, whatever it is in this morning, you're going to come and say, God, show me again how I can sow more how I can follow more, how I can grow more. I want, I want it to impact my life with you, God, and my faith journey. Stretch my faith, God, as I sow. Cause my roots to go down deep as I sow. And cause this house to grow as I sow. Father, thank you so much for this house. Thank you for everything that they are doing. But Lord, I pray this morning for each person stood to their feet. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, we are giving you free reign. You have been given free reign in the lives of people this morning to challenge and to inspire them about how they sow. Lord, I pray that you will, that you will inspire people in here to give financially. That God, you'll inspire people in here to get onto teams that they're not already on. That you'll inspire them, Father God, to come and pray. That you will inspire them to bring energy into every time they get together as a church. That you will inspire them, Father God, to grow and to sow their roots down deep. Father God, I pray today that as a result of this morning, that some dreams will be realized in the future because we decide to sow today. God, we realize that we're not just here for our generation, but we're here for the ones to come. And Lord, I pray for every person right now as they're opening their spirit, their life, their mind up to you to challenge them and inspire them. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that God, dreams will be realized and the church will grow and be built because we decide today to sow again. We're gonna sow again into the life of our church. And Lord God, I pray growth in every single area, growth in finance, growth in teams, growth in volunteers. But God, more than that, and I know what is always on Kate and Ali's heart is that we grow in our relationship with you that we are discipled more as we sow more, that God, we will grow and cause our roots to go down deep. In Jesus' name, amen.